Guys, before we get into today's episode, I have a really important announcement I want to make sure you do not miss. March is going to be a really exciting month in the Primal Potential universe, and I wanted you to be the first to know that I am hosting a completely free training on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. You do need to register, and the easiest way for you to do that is to just find me on Instagram and message me with the word tips, T-I-P-S, tips, and I'll send you the link to register. Otherwise, I'm going to make a point to put it in the show descriptions, but message me tips. It'll go to you automatically. Get in touch with me in any way you can if you want that link to register, and for some reason you can or can't figure out how to message me with the word tips, but that's going to be the easiest way because here's the thing. There's a lot of things that we want to be able to do intuitively, automatically, without so much hard work and effort. But to get to the point where you're doing it intuitively and as a matter of habit, you've got to do it intentionally. And that comes with a lot of challenges, whether those challenges are our own excuses, our fears of failure, All of the past times we've tried and failed that make us doubt that we can do it, or maybe it's social situations that pull us away from our goals. I want to walk you through a process of creating your own personal protocol that takes into account all of the unique factors about you, your preferences, your lifestyle, your most common excuses, your fears and your doubts. And I want to take you through that process live in a format where I can answer your questions in real time. And we're going to be doing that on this free training that again is Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Find me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton. Message me the word tips, T-I-P-S, and I'll automatically send you that link so it can happen really fast. You don't have to wait on my reply. That's the best and easiest way. I'll also, moving forward, make a point to put the link in the show description, but I really want you to be there. It is live. You do have to register. It is Thursday, March 21st, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Mark your calendar. Make sure to register. I also have some pretty exciting announcements Maybe the most exciting things that have happened in Primal Potential in the last almost 10 years or coming up on 10 years, I really want you to be there. Message me the word tips. I'll automatically kick you that registration link. If for some reason you can't do that, send a smoke signal, flag me down, find a way to get in touch with me. I want you to be there. Mark your calendar now, and I will plan to see you for that live training Thursday, March 21st, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I love Saturday shows. They're so fun for me because I guess maybe because I'm not doing them alone because they get to do them with you, Sarah. Hey. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. It's always a little different when we're not in the same physical space recording. I know. But 
it's okay because it's Friday. So that makes everything a little bit better. Exactly. And I was just saying before, before we hit record that I was going to give away one thing and then I changed my mind because I'm sitting here this morning enjoying a protein shake. Mm-hmm. And I don't usually do a lot of protein shakes in the winter, but having them, and I didn't do them for months because I didn't have like a kitchen or an ability to wash dishes or whatever. But um, now that I do, I am drinking chocolate peanut butter. Well, it's chocolate protein and I added um, some nut butter to it. And it is so good that this might like show up even though it's cold outside for me. Why is it a seasonal thing for you? Cold in the cold weather, I don't usually love. Like, so your preference of something cold. Okay. Huh. Yeah. But in the summer and the spring and the fall, I love it and I find it really, really convenient. But um, this morning I was like, you know what I want? I want a shake. And I, do you put um, frozen cauliflower in your shakes? Yes. Ever since you said that, I think I've done it every single time. People always look at me like I'm crazy when I say that I do that, but I do it for a couple of reasons. Number one, it adds volume, right? So it, it feels more satisfying and it makes sense because you're getting more fiber in it. And I use it instead of ice. So I get more nutrients instead of just, you know, adding water, I'm adding a vegetable and it, it makes it more substantial. I totally agree. Yeah. I, you, you have me hooked. <laughs> and it's totally okay. You, you, I've always said it doesn't taste like anything, but people doubt me on this. It's completely flavor neutral. Do you feel that way? Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. And, but you usually do vanilla shakes, right? Yeah. I, yes, I've tried both the vanilla and chocolate, but vanilla is totally my preference, which is funny to me because I am a chocolate girl. Are you? Yes. I will do vanilla if I put like berries in it or something, but mm -hmm. I don't like just vanilla. Okay. Yep. I usually do the vanilla with with, um, banana, sometimes a nut butter, um, but mostly banana. Yeah. I guess that's usually it for flavor. I did, when I do chocolate, I'll do chocolate plain or I'll do chocolate with nut butter, um, but I am just enjoying this so much this morning that we are going to give away um, an entire um, container of the protein powder, and we'll give away vanilla since that's your favorite, and then I get to keep the chocolate because that's mine. There you go. (laughs) So we will announce the winner towards the end of today's episode, but uh, the protein that is the one that I use and the one that Sarah uses. It is a plant-based protein. It doesn't have any weird aftertaste. I agree with that too. A lot lot of proteins do. Yeah. It's not grainy. It's not chalky. It's not bitter. It's creamy and it's not, it's not funky. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. I've had a lot of funky proteins in my day that like, you know, you just kind of get through it or you feel like you have to add so much to it to make it taste good that now you're basically drinking a milkshake. (laughs) (laughs) True. Been there, there, but yeah, this isn't like that. So that is what we are going to give away at the end of today's show. 
We give away something every single Saturday. Super easy to win, you guys. You can leave a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts or a review of Chasing Cupcakes on Amazon, or you can share on Facebook or Instagram an episode that you loved or something that you learned from the show. Be sure to tag me in it so that I see it. But then every Saturday, we just give stuff away. It's fun. It's a place to be. I know. And the other thing I will give a little shout out to before we dive into the questions is keep the questions coming. We love hearing your questions. And I shared last week on the episode that we went into our big free Primal Potential Facebook group and said, all right, we're about to jump on and record. And we got so many questions so fast. We're actually um, hitting a bunch of those ones again today because there were so many, we couldn't get to them all in the last episode. So um, let's dive in with uh, the questions we've got today. All right. Can you talk about making big decisions? For example, when you decided to invest in the business mastermind group, what were your thoughts and process? I know you have touched on this somewhat in various podcasts, but I'd love for you to take us back to the moment you signed on. Yeah, so talking about that particular decision, I think, is is a little bit different than talking about big decisions in general, um, because the process is going to vary depending on on what it is. In fact, um, Sarah and I were just talking before recording about a really big decision to have the boyfriend stay home um, and stop working with the new baby. I mean, that's a big decision and a, and a lot went into that. And, and one of my favorite questions to ask about big decisions in general is, what would it take for us to make this great? Or what does it look like for this to turn out really well? What does it look like to really win on this? Um, because otherwise, I think you can just survive it. But I love that question. And, and that was a very big decision that we're still kind of navigating. And um, that's, that's one of the most powerful questions that I ask in those sorts of situations. But The mastermind specifically, and just to give people some context, um, 2019 was my first year in this particular business mastermind for seven-figure earners and above, Um, and I rejoined in 2020. Joining in 2019 was terrifying for a couple of reasons, the first being the money, uh, all in with travel because we have to go out to meet in California a few times a year. All in with the travel, I want to say it's like just over 30 grand for nine months. That's a ton of money, you know, for anybody, but especially for me spending things on my business. I had never made an investment in my business that large. And I had never been a part of a business mastermind like that. So there's so much of it that is unknown. And for me, the unknown often is met with, well, is it going to be worth it? And what is it going to be like? And will I feel like I got my money out of it? And a lot of those questions you can't really know until you go through it. But the biggest piece of the decision-making process for me was I believe that the best people in the world have coaches. I believe that the most successful people, whether it's in business or in relationships or in finances or in fitness, they have a coach, right? Whether they have a financial advisor or they have a personal trainer or they have a mentor, 
this is true at all levels of success. And, and, you know, if you read any book on leadership or success or growth or change, they're going to recommend that you have some sort of coach or mentor. And these people exist at all different levels, right? I mean, on, on one level, I am a coach for the people who go through the 12 weeks to transformation. And that is a dramatically uh, smaller investment than what I made in the mastermind. But we can have coaches on any number of levels. In, in fact, oftentimes we can have, we can begin with having coaches that are free through books and podcasts and that sort of thing. Um, but I had this core belief that in order to go to the next level, I needed, I needed a coach. I needed a mentor. And in most masterminds, including this one, the, the mastermind host is not a coach, but they are a mentor, right? I have a separate business coach who works kind of more personally with me and my business, but you got to get around the right people. And for a long time, I did that virtually. I did that in ways that were far less expensive and far more accessible. Again, kind of books and podcasts and online forums and different things like that. But at some point, if you want to go to the next level, you got to go to the next level. And as far as the unknown piece of it, my biggest question was, is this going to be worth the money? I asked myself, how can I make it worth the money? What can I do in this experience to really get as much as possible out of it? And I identified things like going to all of the meetings, obviously, like not, not skipping them. And um, every other month that we don't have an in-person meeting, there's like an online webinar where a guest speaker will come in attending all of those. But more than that, intentionally networking every single week with somebody in the mastermind, because that was a big part of it for me to just not go in and be a wallflower, which is my tendency. I'm very much an introvert. And so I've put myself in positions to make those connections, to step outside what felt natural or comfortable for me, um, and to do that consistently, to do that when we were in person together three times a year, as well as to do that uh, via text message and phone call and, and email and Facebook group when we weren't meeting. But I asked myself, do I think that I can grow to the extent I want to grow on my own, am I more likely to grow to the extent that I want to grow if I stretch and if I do new things and if I make investments in myself? And the answer is, without question, I think I will grow more and experience more of what I want out of life if I get out of my comfort zone. And I know that you know, one of my mantras is I create my results. So I don't go into a mastermind and just like I don't want anybody coming into the 12 weeks to transformation thinking, I'm just going to sit back and hope this is worth it. I'm going to be active in making it worth it. How can I get the most out of this opportunity? And I really do believe that I create my results. And I, the first weekend I was out there, I knew that I got my money's worth. Um, and that was why I decided to, to re-up. But yeah, that's kind of what my process was for that big decision. But as I said, depending on the decision, I'm going to ask a lot of questions. There are going to be different questions. And I'm going to talk to people who have been in similar situations. And I'm going to ask them, what do you wish that you knew? What were some of the mistakes that you made? What would you recommend to me? Um, and I've done this a lot with motherhood too. Like, 
You know, what do you think that I need to know? Um, what do you wish you knew that you didn't know when you needed the information? I think asking questions is a really powerful tool for yourself, but also um, with other people when you're trying to make big decisions. Ah, what about you? Like when you have to make a big decision, because you've made a bunch of big decisions in 2019. <laughs> you know that's true, right? Maybe like yeah. some of the biggest decisions you've made in a while. Yes, this is true. And I think I'm totally one of those people that um, is an information gatherer. Mm. Like you were saying, I'll, I'll ask questions or, um, you know, take a course or find someone who's been in a similar situation and definitely information gather. And sometimes almost like to a fault, like I, I kind of gather, 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 and sometimes don't take action. But, um, but yeah, I guess my process is to find the people who might know more than I do. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good one because we don't have to figure everything out on our own. Yes. Yeah. Thank goodness. Okay. How do you keep doing what you need to do for yourself when you're living in perpetual stress, such as with a sick parent, an alcoholic husband, a wayward child, etc.? You know, I think about this a lot because I live in perpetual stress. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> but realistically, like, though all of our situations are different, I think that's kind of the human experience, right? Like, whether it's constant or it's cyclical, you know, this is a really good season and last season was a really hard season. Um, I think right now I am in a season of perpetual stress and I think that that season will likely continue for a while. Um, and I've had seasons of different kinds of stress, right? Losing my dad was a, was a season of stress. Um, and, and my partner's family situation right now and some, some illnesses and things that he has going on in his family, that is, that is stressful. We are all in this. So part of not just surviving these times, but thriving through these times is acknowledging that this is the human experience. The reason I think that's so important is because when we don't, we can sometimes feel like we are a victim of our life circumstances and we count ourselves out unnecessarily with sort of this woe is me mentality. And it doesn't mean things don't suck, right? Things can absolutely suck. But when you take the attitude of this is life. Like this particular struggle might change or end, but there's another one coming for all of us, whether that is our own health challenges or somebody we love or a financial situation or something going on with a family member or a job change or a move, you name it, loss and change and struggle are part of the human experience. That baseline acceptance helps me get out of victim mode. Even though things like death and grief are very, very, very challenging, they're also part of what it means to be alive. And they're part of the gift of still having your life. And the same is true with things that happen you know, with growth, whether that is growing your family, growing your business, growing your finances. Part of what comes with growth is hardship. So I think that baseline acceptance is a big, critical first step. 
in terms of the specific question, how do you keep doing what you need to do for yourself when you're in these stressful times? I like to simplify this into, do I want to be somebody who takes care of myself when it's easy and feels like self-care is contingent on life being settled? Or am I just somebody who takes care of myself, period? Now, the caveat to that is the way you take care of yourself might change and shift and look a little bit different when life is bonkers bananas than when you have a little bit more margin and a little bit more bandwidth. Fundamentally, do you believe that self-care is contingent on stress-free living? Like, I am the kind of person who only goes to the gym consistently when life is easy, or I'm the kind of person who works out regardless. And that doesn't mean that you'll always be in a season where you're going to the gym at 7 a.m. every morning. Maybe not, but maybe it means that you work out at home with a kettlebell or some free weights or you go for walks every single day. But what is your value? Is self-care something that you try to fit in around chaos or is self-care your operating system? It's kind of like are you only nice to people when you're in a good mood, right? I mean, we can take this same exact concept. How do you fit in self-care when you're in a perpetual state of stress? You know, how are you nice to people when you're overwhelmed and stressed out? You're either the kind of person who is nice to people, period, no matter what is going on, because how you treat people isn't contingent on your life circumstances or your mood, or you're somebody who responds to people and interacts with people based on your mood for that day. You get to make this decision. And in large part, it's more a practice than it is a decision. But what I have learned through failure and through struggle is that self-care matters most when you're in a perpetual state of stress. That we have the ability to make a hard situation easier or make a hard situation harder. When you let yourself go, you're not eating well, you're not sleeping enough, you're not working out because life is crazy, guess what? You just made a crazy situation even harder because now you're not operating at your best. So now in addition to being sad or being stressed or being you know, burdened with these other things, you also are tired and sluggish and disappointed and frustrated and all these other things. We don't need time to eat well. We don't need extra time to eat well. We don't need extra time to work out. Sorry, you just don't. A workout does not have to be drive to the gym, go in, spend an hour, drive home, shower, three-hour ordeal. No, it doesn't. It can literally be 20 burpees while you're waiting on hold with your insurance company. So. It doesn't take more time, but we can make these challenging situations, these perpetual states of stress, easier when we do take care of ourselves. So that doesn't mean we're going to nail it every single day. The goal is not perfection, but look at your value and think about the analogy, you know, they, they talk about um, in terms of priorities. If you have a glass jar and you fill it with sand first and then you try to fit big rocks into it, you can't because the sand took all the space. But if you have that same glass jar and the same sand and the same rocks, but you put the rocks in first, you can fit all the sand. And we can apply this to the way we take care of ourselves. 
are you letting everything else fill up your day and fill up your space and fill up your mind and then hoping that you'll have some bandwidth for taking care of yourself? Or are you taking care of yourself and then fitting in everything else around that? That doesn't mean anything has to go or that things don't fit. It's simply a matter of prioritization and order of operations. You can eat well and be stressed and overwhelmed, and doing so is going to make you better equipped to handle those stressors in life, and the same thing is true with things like meditation and things like fitness and all of that. So to me, this comes down to values. Are you looking to make time for self-care only when life is easy, or is it something that you realize matters most when life isn't, and it's just a standard value in your life? important tools and tricks. Yes. Okay. This next question says, how can we trust that everything will be okay? I saw this question come through and I was like, it might not be. It depends on how you define it. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, this question, how can you trust that everything will be okay? But my first thought is, we create our results. So whatever happens, how can I make this great? I've shared before, um, and it's been a while since I've talked about this, that one of my mantras is sort of a continuation of a thought. And that is, and now I'll make it great. Whatever happened, and now I'll make it great. So whether that is, um, we got in a huge fight you know, me and my partner got in a huge fight and I'm upset and it feels really bad. And now I'll make it great. I'll find a way to circle back to this and use this situation to make us stronger, you know, or you find out that you have an unexpected tax bill and it throws off your financial plan for the month or maybe the quarter or even the year. Well, now I'll make it great. I have the ability to respond to this in a way that I somehow turn it around you know, and now I'll make it great. I, I think about this even with something as significant as my dad dying. Most of you guys know he died in a car accident. Um, it sucks and I wouldn't choose it and it hurts and I miss him and I think of him every day and I have absolute undeniable moments of grief that I'm not trying to eliminate from my life, but I can also say, and now I'll make this great. I'll make this great by staying extra connected to the things that he taught me and the lessons that I've learned. And I'll use this as a reminder to really connect meaningfully and often with the people that I love the most. And I'll, I'll use how quickly he was here and then gone to remind me that life is really short and most of the stuff that ruffles our feathers just isn't worth it. So even that, I can make it great. So how do we trust that everything will be okay? I think it goes back to this notion that like sometimes part of the human experience Things are going to happen that suck, that we wouldn't have chosen, that we don't like, that we don't love, and we can still make our lives what we want them to be. We can still find a way to make it amazing. The whole renovation situation that I've been through, and you know, that's nothing like loss and grief and all of those, uh, you know, major life changers, but it's still been a perpetual stressor, and even when I think... I haven't enjoyed this process and I've spent way more money than I wanted to, I can go back to, and now I'll make this great. And now I'll make this great. However it turns out, I'm going to make it great. 
or even when there is like financial loss. And now I'll make it great because I create my results and I control my outcomes. So accept that it doesn't mean everything's going to turn out perfectly the way that you hoped that it would. In fact, it probably won't a lot of the times. But it's never a dead end. There's always some place we can go from there if we're open to the perspective that we create so many of our results and that there's more that we do have control over than there is that we don't have control over. Mindset. Bad things will happen. Things will go wrong. We will be surprised at many, many points in life. Things won't go according to plan. And it's fine. And we determine so much of what happens from there. And our mindset will be a big predictor of how that goes for us. Wow. What do you think about that? What do you, I mean, trust that everything will be okay. Like, what's your sense of that question? Oh, it doesn't have to be okay. I mean, we want it to be okay, but it doesn't have to be. And I think that there can be a lot of lessons in the things that go sort of wrong or unexpected. And I, I think it's important to learn those lessons. I agree. And there's usually yeah, a reason a for that. Yeah. Right. I, I tell myself all the time that the joy is in the journey. And even when things don't feel joyful, like my struggles with depression and obesity and isolation for the majority of my life, this wasn't just like a rough few months. This was like a rough few decades. They have brought me so much um, growth mm -hmm. and so much to share and so much to use to help other people. And were things okay then? No. And things didn't just miraculously turn around. I struggled and I fought and I was going through hell for so long, but it's what you make of it. With everything, it's what you make of it. And I'm, I'm glad this question was asked as sort of like big and ethereal as it is because I need these reminders. I'm like, I'm grateful for this conversation today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. This person wrote in that they lost weight and then gained it all back. And they say, I feel embarrassed. And although I did know, I'm sorry. And although I know I did it once so I can do it again, it feels so much harder. I'm really struggling with body image issues, which also makes things harder because of the negative self-talk. Another really, really great one. Um, and kudos to this person for asking a question because I know when, when sometimes we're feeling embarrassed or we're feeling ashamed, one of the easiest things to do is just ignore it and hide from it. So facing it head on and calling it out and giving it a voice and looking for solutions is so major. Acceptance is really the theme of today. Look, if you lose weight, Chances are you're not going to stay at that weight or only go down for the rest of your life. Now, that might happen for some people, but the reality is that weight fluctuations are fine. They happen. I, I'm heavier right now, and as of when we're recording this, I'm still pregnant, so obviously like, that's a factor. But I don't want to make any bones about it. When I complain about pregnancy weight gain or when I like observe pregnancy weight gain, I'm not just talking about the baby. Like my butt is bigger. My legs are bigger. My arms are bigger. My face is bigger. Like everything is bigger. Um, if I had an expectation that once I lost weight, I was never going to fluctuate again for the rest of my life. I was never going to go through a season of struggle. I was never going to have to do the work again. I would probably feel really ashamed and embarrassed and frustrated. That doesn't mean that I lost weight with the expectation that I was going to 
throw caution to the wind and go back to my old ways. Not at all. But the fact is, just like success is not linear, weight is not linear either. My business evolution over the last six years or so has not been a straight shot of success. And I don't expect it to be. I very regularly have a great quarter, followed by a meh quarter, followed by a better quarter, followed by a crappy quarter, followed by a great quarter, followed by a record breaker. And it's not just revenue, it's lessons, it's time spent, it's challenges, it's the way I respond to things. I know that in business and in finances, and heck, even in relationships, it's not linear. In my own romantic relationships, every single one I've ever had, at first, you know, you don't really know each other. It gets better. It gets better. It gets great. It gets really crappy. It gets better. It gets good. You take a couple steps back. Things feel hard. Things feel weird. You work through it. It gets a little better. That is life. For some reason, when it comes to things that we can measure in numbers, we get super freaked out about any kind of perceived regression. When fact is, that is part of growth. It just is. I'm not sitting here advocating lose 100 pounds, put on 120. I've done that before and I don't recommend it at all. But seasons of life change and our hormones change and our bodies change and our preferences change and our mindset changes. And if we instead embrace the fact that this is just part of the journey, I don't have to judge myself for it. I can be curious and open to change without being critical and judgmental. I know very much that post-baby, there's going to be a, a new beginning of sorts, not only as a mom, but in terms of my physical health. What does it look like to get to a place where I feel really, really good and, and healthy and strong in my body? Because it's not going to look the way it looked five years ago when I was totally focused on nothing but weight loss. It's going to look very, very different. I had the only priority, I was working uh, for another company at the time, and so like I went to work every day, but my number one priority in life was getting healthy. Well, guess what? That's not going to be my number one priority. I've got a few big things kind of right there at the top with work, with family, with health, and so many other things. It's going to look different. It's okay. Let the drama go. Let the judgment go. That's the barrier. The weight is not the barrier here. The perspective that you've somehow done something wrong. You don't have to look back and love all your choices. Who does? But let's focus on the solution instead of the problem. I could go on about that for like an hour and a half, but we'll, we'll stop right there. Like, accept it. Get engaged in the solution. Stop with the drama and the judgment. No journey is linear. None. It's just not possible. And maybe also find some things that you're grateful for about your body. Like yeah. if you're having issues with negative self-talk, like... I mean, if you're generally healthy or, you know, your arms and your legs can move or you, you know, I think, I think it's important to remember the things that your body can do or some great things about it. Absolutely. And quite frankly, if you're struggling with negative self-talk, understand that that's the same thing as struggling with, you know, thoughts of lack when you're the one creating the thoughts of lack. You are the thinker. You are not the thought. If you are struggling, like if you're telling yourself scary stories and you find yourself scared every night, 
stop telling yourself scary stories. We often don't realize that we are the thinker. We are not the thought. And we have total control over these things that we, we put on ourselves every day. All right, we've got one more question. It says, how not to carry emotional burden when bad or unfair things have happened to you? Or is it okay to feel and react in those occasions? This might sound really stupid, but hopefully you'll understand what I'm after. Like if someone just treats you really bad and it genuinely hurts and you know that you should not react, but it feels unhumanly Teflon-like not to react or feel bad. Can you just have or live the emotions and still stay on course and be okay? This is one of my biggest struggles. Absolutely. Is it okay to like feel hurt and feel sad and feel down? Absolutely. That too is part of the human experience. It's just a matter of do you stay there? I've used this example before and I wish that I, I feel like I heard it on audio somewhere. Maybe I've totally made that up because it was so long ago. But you're, imagine you're walking your dog through a neighborhood, right? And the dog sees another dog and the dog starts to react. And maybe the other dog comes at it and kind of nips and is aggressive. And, and your dog freaks out. It's pulling and it's yipping and it's jumping. And you just keep walking, right? But 10 feet, 20 feet, a half a mile later, your dog's over it. It's on to the next thing. It's, you know, smelling trees and smelling flowers and, you know, looking at the bunny in front of it or whatever. The dog is not continuing to freak out about that interaction. You would never have a pet if that dog for days, for hours, for weeks, for months was continuing to yip and jump and pull and freak out because of that interaction. As soon as we're past it, we're past it. Like as soon as we're physically past it, it's not happening now. We're on to the next thing. So yes, feel the feelings. Absolutely. I, I have my feelings hurt all the time, but it's will I stay there? Will I stay there? And I've talked about this before in terms of, um, I think this was something that came up a lot at Ascend back in November what are you carrying that you need to set down? And we won't go off on a whole tangent about that. But what I explained is when you set something down, you're not saying it never happened. You're not saying you don't care. You're just saying, I choose not to carry this right now because it doesn't serve me. And that doesn't mean you can't ever pick it up again. And I used the example, I'm talking about my dad a lot today. Um, he must be on my mind. Uh, I use the example of, of grief. I will still, for the rest of my life, feel deep loss and sadness and grief over his death, but I don't have to carry that every day. Setting it down and saying, you know what, I'm not going to spin on those thoughts today doesn't mean that I can never pick it up again. On his birthday or the anniversary of his death or my parents' anniversary, I pick it up. I pick it up and I don't feel bad about the fact that I remember him and I'm sad and I cry and I feel that sense of loss, but I don't have to carry it every minute of the day. And just, and even if it's something small, like somebody says or does something that's, that's perceived to be hurtful or unkind or unfair, I might in that moment be like, this really hurts and this really sucks. But an hour later, like, I don't need to carry this right now because I have something else to do. And maybe tomorrow something reminds me of it and I pick it up, but I don't want to carry it all day. So yes, please feel the feelings. I'm not for you know, compartmentalizing or being stoic or unfeeling, but 
does it serve you to continue carrying it? The dog does not continue to freak out a week later. And so many of us feel mentally and emotionally exhausted, not because of what is happening in our lives, but because all the crap we're still carrying that we could have set down. Yeah. Lots of passionate kind of topics today. I know. It's that protein shake. Yeah, you know, like fired up <laughs> and full of energy to start the day. I love it. And speaking of, that's what uh, we have a winner. We have a winner who is going to get uh, a full thing of our uh, vanilla plant-based protein that we both love so much. You want to say who won? I do. And it's from Instagram and the handle is at Shirley Yaz. At Shirley Yaz, S-H-I-R-L-I-E-Y-A-Z. If that is your Instagram handle, email Sarah at primalpotential.com, S-A-R-A-H at primalpotential.com within 60 days. And no matter where you live in the world, we will ship it out to you. And the rest of you guys can win by leaving a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts or a review of Chasing Cupcakes on Amazon or posting on Facebook or Instagram something that you loved or learned from this show, a favorite episode, be sure to tag me so I see it. I love these questions. What are you doing this weekend? This weekend, I'm hopefully getting together with some girlfriends. Nice. I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah. What about you? I think it's just, I feel like this is always my answer. Um, it's just work around the house and baby stuff. And who knows, maybe baby's here when this episode airs. I don't think so, but you never know. I know. We will be sure to tell people um, on social media when baby arrives. Don't worry, because the podcast will be recorded out ahead. So don't worry. You, If you're waiting for a baby announcement on the podcast, you're probably going to be quite late. But uh, Facebook group, Instagram, we'll be sure to let folks know when the baby's here share. Yes. Yes. All right, everybody have an amazing day. We will talk to you so soon. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week, right to your inbox, just text the word primal to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there.